Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Welcome, listener, to another episode of Marching In. Uh, it is me and Sam, as ever, but we are joined by friend of the pod, Paul Cox. How are you doing, Paul? I'm very well, Luke. How are you? I'm good, yeah. It's, I think it's a good point to get you on, given circumstances as they are. <laughs> I will ask Sam how he is after his National Express nightmare on Saturday. Yeah, it was... Uh... As I said to you off off uh, off the pod, that uh, it was pound for pound probably the worst home game I've ever been to, with the travel uh, added to the uh, disappointment of the performance. Yeah, it was uh, ended up being probably about eight hours travelling, which is from from London to Southampton on Saturday. It's just it was just ridiculous. But yeah, it was, I won't bore the listeners with it too much. Oh, mate, sorry, sorry to hear that. Bus replacement service, Sam. What's that? Was it the old bus replacement service? No, it was just there was a train strike on, so the only way I could get down to the game really was National Express, and uh, it took it left uh, left London at ten to ten on Saturday. Didn't get to Southampton until twenty to two, and then. It was delayed by an hour on the way back. So didn't leave until quarter past seven. Then I I stepped into my front door at twenty to eleven. So yeah, it was all in all, not a very productive day. <laughs> Is it all <laughs> worth it? <laughs> right then, chaps. We're not going to skirt around the big topic. I guess context for listeners: when Paul has been on before, and also I guess when me and Sam have spoken about Ralph in versus Ralph out. If you were to kind of grade where we've all sat, if you think one is Ralph in, we want him to stay. Ten is get the fuck out of our football club. I'd probably say that I've sort of been between a three and a five going on upwards throughout our horrific run closer to, you know, maybe a seven or an eight. Sam, what would you say? Eight, nine? Um, probably, yeah. I'd say that's probably fair at the moment. I mean, I'm back end of last season sort of tip the scale for me and Coxie I think ever since speaking about the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think as high, as high as the scale would possibly go um, Paul has been there so that's the context on where we've all sat but I ultimately come into this pod thinking we're much more aligned on what needs to happen it's grim reading four wins out of our last 21 games 12 points from a possible 60. It doesn't look like we're going forwards at all. Let's discuss the the big topic facing Saints fans and the Saints ownership right now. The situation with Ralph. So another stat I found was um, so since we beat Liverpool at home, which was the start of last the start of last year when when Ralph sunk to his knees and that inverted inverted commas iconic uh, ending to the game. 
since then we've played 67 league games. How many do you reckon we've won? Say that again. 67 league games since then. How many, how many do you reckon we've won? Ten. Eight. Uh, well, it's, you made it sound better. Than <laughs> 15, 15 wins since then. Well, it's actually, well, as, as my answer was 10, of course, it's more than I thought it was. And we conceded in 67 games, we conceded 129 goals. And I keep hearing that our problem is striker, but the defense is the, the whole defensive, um, the whole defensive shape of the team has been awful for, I mean, the best part of 18 months. And We've now got better defenders in, but we can't keep clean sheets. It's, it's, it's bordering on ridiculous. I mean, we go ahead on Saturday and you think, oh, okay, let's, let's build on this. We've got one new up against a team that's, they're not very good, Everton. They're, they're a solid team. They, they, they bought well in the summer, but they're not very good. And five minutes later, we're 2 we're 1 down. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't understand what, what, what we're doing. It's just, it just baffles me completely. So I didn't watch the game on Saturday because I had training, but I had my phone in my pocket and I just had the updates on live score and it pung it. I was at 1 0 rebar. I was like, oh, buzz it. And then <laughs> five, I said, well, the Saints went winning and I caught it. I was like, two and down. Like, How does that happen? Um, where, to, where to start? Like, I, was, I, was, I was just pulling up Twitter because I just wanted to make sure I was fact checking this right. But there's the, and I think there's evidence in performance that it goes. Um, where is it? In the lead-up to pre-season, this is from The Athletic, Hasenhutl was described by sources having no relationship with his players, which is now strange because I the one thing I did give him, I think last time I was on, Luke, I can't remember if it was this season or back in the last season, I always said that I would give him a chance based on a, like a, if, if he was backed, and I think he was backed. But then the trade-off is he we only bought kids, but let's be honest, um, Romeo Lavia played five games and Chelsea are bidding 55 million for him or whatever the fee was. So like we've got the players, um, bowl of ketchup at the back is unbelievable. Like so there's no excuse for that. Um, the thing that I've failed to like comment, like, yeah, if he had no, I think they're basically had no relationship with players based on the tail of end of last season. He brought in how many new faces you'd think as a, as a manager, you're a coach, you're trying to build those relationships with new players. Now I think the, the, the culture of the team from the returning players have probably now turned those new players against him just from being in that kind of being in a similar environment that I'm in right now. I know it's not on the same level, but it can happen quite quickly. And I just think that when you watch performances, you can, it's, it's easy to believe. It's easy to believe that that's an actual possibility that he's lost. They're effectively saying he's lost the dressing room. Yeah. I think that Athletic article is probably the most damning thing that I've seen about Ralph and his time here. Like, even if a shred of it is true, I, I just don't think we we can continue. And I did. I thought it was interesting context because we have Wolves who have been on a fucking stinking run as well themselves. And, you know, fans were singing, you don't know what you're doing at, away at West Ham on Saturday. As soon as that happens, you do feel like the writing is on the wall and ultimately they've made a swift decision. We had that. One win, I think 15, you were... one win in 15 for them, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did that win come? Um, 
you were there, Sam, against Brentford last season when we sort of that almost um, encapsulated how bad we were at the end of last season and the fans were singing the same thing and it did again feel like the writing was on the rule. We were buoyed by what happened in the summer in that Sports Republic invested, but there's just nothing that ultimately we've seen bar, I think, a couple of good performances where sort of, I think, carried by the likes of Romeo and Lavia, good individual performances from, from Belicott-Chap and you know, it wasn't an awful start to the season in terms of where we were three, four games ago. But what's happened in the last three games, we've seen time and time again under Ralph. And that lack of progress is is just so clear right now. I think the big worry is how um, how lost are sort of the key players we always rely on. Are. Like, Will Prowse this season has been the shadow of what he was back in the last season. I mean, he's the only reason we stayed up in it the last season with the with goals at Leeds and Brighton. He, I mean, obviously he's lost. Romeo's gone. Lavia's out. But, I mean, even so, he's still, he's not affecting games in the slightest. Walker Peters hasn't been quite at it, nor is Stuart Armstrong. We were, I mean, the whole reason Ralph was brought in is to make us an exciting pressing team. When did we, when were we last pressing? And if we're not, um, we're not a pressing team, what is the point of having Ralph as our manager? I know. I thought exactly the same thing. And I, one thing I want to ask you, Paul, actually around the coaching side of things, but just on the tactics, Sam, like the, the high profile defeats have kind of burnt us as Saints fans and that will kind of live with Ralph. But I think actually one of the more frustrating things is how many awful, boring home games have we seen where we struggle to break teams down and struggle to create anything. And without pressing, he doesn't know how to coach an attack. Obviously, he doesn't know how to co- coach a defence either. But like, that, that is a really worrying thing. Something else that came out of the Athletic article, Paul, and I, I guess I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, is that he didn't say a word to the players after the, the defeat on Saturday, which I think is actually maybe more commonplace than I realised that managers wouldn't do that. But it seems strange set against the context of him not having a relationship. And also another thing was that his, it says here, his emotional touchline demeanour has irritated players. So he's high octane on the touchline, but then get in behind closed doors and he says, fuck all. Like what? I guess what what do you make of that? Yeah, I've I've always had a rule within a team. Like I've never I've never gone. I don't think I've ever had a game where the oh shit, shit. sorry I meant to hit mute and I turned it up louder. Um, I've never had a game where I've not spoke to the team afterwards, no matter what the result was. But at the end of the game, you, very, you say very little because with games it's high emotion. So, like, whether you win or lose, you don't want to say anything that you end up regretting. Um, so then, like, based on certain, like, for players that don't play, I would just say wait 24 hours, less sleep on it before we actually talk about things. But from a professional standpoint, he's got, he's got to say something. Like, it, you hope to then go, when did the article come out? Did it come out Sunday or did it come out Monday or, or whenever? I think it was but yesterday. Monday morning. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder yeah. if he said, I wonder if he said anything to him Sunday. Like, if he brought him in and said, let's chat about it now. But to just completely dismiss it after you've, after a loss, after we the run that we're on, you can like you're looking to him for answers and you're not getting them. And and to kind of go back on what you were asking with the games, I just think and Sam, we've had this conversation before. I think he's got throughout his time at Southampton, he has got he's got fortunate at certain times. And it always, I think I've said this before, around Christmas, he always seems to get a good little run and get us out of trouble. But then I'm looking at our games from this season, right? So we get slapped 4-1 by Tottenham. Okay, we go one up in the game. Uh, we did go one up, right? Or Prowse? Yeah. 
Yeah, and then we go, we fight back from 2-0 down against Leeds to get 2-2, but we shouldn't be doing that at home to Leeds. That shouldn't be a thing. Now, Leicester, typically that's a good three points, but they're struggling. Like, like they, they were really struggling and we took advantage of a poor Leicester team. So I feel like he got, he got lucky with that fixture because everyone's like, oh, it's okay. And then we play United, lose 1-0. Then we play a struggling Chelsea at home under Tuchel. Like they were struggling. We, we get a 2-1 and then we think everything's okay again. And then we lose to a shocking Wolves. Let's be honest, a poor Villa, like an average Villa and an average Everton. Like, how I personally think if we five or more Saturdays gone, has it has to be. Like, I think anything less now, although we do have typically have a good record against City when you compare it to it's the, the one team that he seems to do all, all right against. I, it's, uh, I just think the writing's on the wall. Yeah. Like, if he's lost the players, the ownership have to do something. I think there's more player power now in the modern game than there was 20 years ago when we were, when we were watching football growing up. Player power is like controlled. And I think that's from top to bottom levels, like from grassroots all the way up. Players have, have power now. It's quite interesting to see how ruthless Sports Republic are. Because obviously Martin Simmons and Martin Simmons and Ralph have typically had a very good relationship. Ralph um, Simmons seems very loyal to Ralph, obviously well for the heavy defeats and all that. So whether say, I mean, this Saturday, I mean, that's a heavy defeat is expected. I know we've I know as Cockney said, we have got had a decent record against City in the last couple of years, but there's now this new mitigating circumstance with City and uh, in inverted commas in early early Haaland, who uh to be honest, he it'd be it'd be more of a surprise if he didn't score the than, than he scored a hat trick on Saturday, I would say. And it's after after Saturday, we've then got a week until the West Ham game, or eight days until the West Ham game. But after that, we then go into go into a run of three games in a week against uh, West Ham, Bournemouth, and Arsenal. So, if we are going to get rid before the World Cup next week, is is the prime time to do it? You know what? And I I kind of. I was thinking about exactly this point, Sam, is like, when would be the right time to do it? I think his time is up. I would have done it now and actually maybe let, I don't know, number two, Ruben Sellers take Saturday's fixture, for instance. Like, it's a it's a shot in the dark. It, who knows what will happen in, in that game? Don't give the new manager a hiding <laughs> if, if there is someone lined up, right? And I know that the process has likely already begun. And, and has been kind of in, in the offing probably since the summer as well. But don't give that that new man that that role. Potentially give it to Seles and hopefully have someone in place by the West Ham fixture. Well, that's the thing as well. We've, think of all the things that have changed since last season. Transfers. The We've changed coaching staff. Still the same shit that we watch. There's just one thing that hasn't been changed. And yeah. it, he's the final thing. So I guess, like, I don't know if we were going to get to this, but, like, have we got... I know we spoke about it in the past, like, who our replacements would be. And here's the thing. I think we're going to go out and get someone rogue, like, that we've never heard of. They're going to pluck them from, like, Scandinavian fourth division under 12s or something. But, like, uh, like the one the one that comes to my mind, and he was linked with um, Brighton, was the Bodo Glimp manager. That's the type of person I think we'd end up oh, going is, for. Is it Knudsen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think he's been linked every single job, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's he's linked more closely to, I think, Middlesbrough at the minute. 
I was looking this morning on Sky that I was just looking curious who was linked with like Wolves and whoever, but Wolves are about to get this. Apparently their favourite for their jobs, the, the Spanish manager that never made it to the world. You know, the one that went from the World Cup, who's supposed to take Lopet- it to work? <clears throat> Lopetegui. Yeah. That's him, yeah. yeah. I've had that with chicken before. Decent. <laughs> I would be very surprised if they didn't hire a Portuguese manager, but given <laughs> the, the, the club situation, the sporting Lisbon manager has been, been linked as well. But, I mean, it's it's sort of much of a muchness now in terms of thinking about who we would bring in. Like, and and this isn't to sound sort of really harsh on Ralph. Like, I, I believe he's maybe our longest-serving manager in, in the last two decades, and has kept us afloat. And I think, like, I think most Saints fans will will sort of like the guy and think well of him. But four years is a pretty long time to coach a football team nowadays, and I just think it's got so so stale. Like, I think we we ultimately admit that, I think you said, Paul, about him getting lucky with periods where we've got good results. I also think we probably got lucky with the quality of the league, just in terms of that, like, bottom third and who's gone down. Whereas like we, um, you know, maybe it's like hold our hands up and say we can't compete any longer, but, like pretty much every team in, in the league right now is relatively competitive and I'd put Bournemouth within that as well and Forest obviously are looking probably like they're going to move change but they've made so much investment we, we actually can't compete with that like we, we are only going one way under Ralph is, is my gut feel right now yeah another worry another worry about if we do have to find a success for Ralph obviously in the summer the, the coaching staff change we brought in obviously Ruben Sellers and a couple of other guys and I know one of them's left already, but is there going to be an option for a new manager to bring his own people in? Is it going to be an attractive role for someone? Yeah. From a, I think it depends who it is, but I think any any new manager coming in has an idea of who they want to bring in. And like again, I think that's top. Like in the in the environment I'm in right now, I would interview for a job in the spring. And the, fir- and the first thing I said was just like, I'll, I'd want to get rid of the current assistant and bring in my own purse and had it ready to go. And I mean, that's at a very lower level. And I think you think about this, the backroom staff, Premier League teams have, they're going to want to bring in definitely a number two, definitely. Like I think if, if Ralph goes, then the, the first team staff, they need to go because they're part, they're part of him. It's his, it's his team. If a coach comes in, they need to bring in their whole new team. Has to. Yeah, I, I do. I agree with that, Cox. I'd also say that at times I kind of felt a bit sorry for Ralph in the sense that he he hasn't really had that network of coaches around him that you know most top coaches also have. Like you look at Klopp, Guardiola, Arteta now, but they all have those people that they can trust. And I appreciate we brought in new coaching staff, but you would want, I think, a whole new set of faces in that dugout. Yeah, the lot. The- the lifespan of a, of a football manager and coach staff. I think they all know it going into it. They're short, very short-lived. Anything to add, Samuel? No, I mean, the only, in terms of looking up replacements, the one name that sticks out to me, if there was someone to bring in, seems very, it seems very Saints. And also the Danish link is the mind is the Mines manager. He's, they're both Svensson. He's, 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 um, I mean, Danish and Rasmus Ankerson just seems to go hand in hand. So, I mean, that's that's the only name I can think of the top of my head in terms of doing a bit of research. 
I had a few, I had a few as well when I was coming in. I was driving this morning. I was thinking, who? It, like I know, he, I think he's in Saudi Arabia, but um, Nuno Espirito Santo. Would he be an option? Would he want to come to us? Probably it's like not. his time at Spurs was sort of tarnished his reputation somewhat in the fact that they fucking hated the football he played. <laughs> and I don't know, would it be like seen as a, as a forward step in terms of, of, of probably, that, yeah, you know, in, type in of football? Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I, I personally think your, your kind of shouts on Kessel, Knutson and, and someone like Bo Svensson, like that feels like much more of a Saints appointment. I did see some stuff actually on Twitter this morning around before we kind of wrap on the Ralph stuff around Steve Cooper very likely to be let go um, by Forrest. It seems imminent, maybe. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. there? 100%. That was the other one I thought of coming in. And the thing is, people look at it and go, well, Forrest at the bottom of the league. They've bought 444 new players and to make them all work is never going to happen. Like team chemistry in the Premier League, like they spent a fortune, very risky tactic. But is that him or is that the owner? It's, prob it's probably the owner. If, if Forrest didn't go up through the playoffs, saying they lost in the playoff final, they were in the, in the championship right now, they'd probably be top six now. We'd all be going, Steve Cooper, what a job he's done. For, and that, that was four months ago in May, he was in the playoffs and we thinking, great manager, great prospects. He doesn't become a bad manager over four months' time. And because of what's happened at Forrest, does he feel pressured to play certain players because the board have spent the money on them? I don't know. But like, I think that if he was to go, he would be a great option. And I hope the fans would look past that his start to the season because I think he's better than what they've done because they've just they've just thrown a load of new players in there. Like no matter that's that's they're not going to start to see results until after the World Cup, you'd imagine. Like I think they're linked with bringing in Rafa Benitez, but I would a hundred percent like the people I was thinking of was Espirito Santo, the Bodie Glimmark guy, and then Steve Cooper was my third. If he was to go, even if he doesn't go, I'd still nab him from Forest. Yeah, I've seen some pretty outlandish shouts on, on Twitter the last couple of days, ranging from bringing Nigel Atkins back to Zinedine Zidane. I mean, that's that is a if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna do a length, if you're gonna do a scale, that is the longest scale I've ever seen in my life. Jesus, that's football fans for you. Um, we will talk a little bit about the Everton game. You were there, the way the uh, well, sorry, the home. Worst home game of your of your life. Hopefully, was more down to the travel. We did go one 0 up. We conceded almost immediately and conspired to lose against the average Everton side. Now I think maybe has one of the best defense in the league or the best defense in the league, which is a surprising statistic I didn't expect of Everton. Um, anything to sort of call out that is of note here? Like, what are your thoughts on the fixture as a whole? I was walking to the ground and I saw the lineup and I thought, okay, right, that's pretty much what I would have, would have looked to have seen from in terms of selection for that game. And within about five minutes of, from after kickoff, I just thought, this is not working. Mate, the Niles that lost. I mean, I, another. I mean, I know you sort of finished the Ralph chat, but to a, basically slag off Mate the Niles a couple of weeks ago, say he's not ready, not up to our limp, not up to our system, not up to our levels and all of a sudden being thrown in for a very important game. I know it's been two weeks, but it just seems very contradictory of what he was talking about. He did struggle, mate, and now he got he got an early yellow card and after that he was really, really struggling. Um 
yeah, I thought Everton were much the better team the first half. I mean, other than a shot that Adams had that went just wide, I think Pickford may have got a touch to it. Nothing, we didn't really do anything in the first half. And then, okay, you get to half time, nil nil. You think, okay, right, Everton have been the better team. We've got the half time, nil nil. Let's regroup. And five minutes later, we're one nil up. Good finish by Rebo. I do like a Rebo. He's the sort of, I mean, he's the only player who seems to be actually be able to finish for us. And I include Trey Adams in that, who. I thought he was our best player, Sam. I don't know what your thoughts were on the game, but I like always productive on the ball. Second half, we were... Arriba. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was by far and away our best player. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. I thought he was good. Um, I thought Adams was good in terms of like his build-up play. He held up really well, but I mean, it's it's the age-old thing of Trey Adams and finishing, isn't it? I mean, he, he... he, the goal, some of the goals he scored in his time at Saints, the goal at Sheffield United, the goal against Man City, and he's, he's had little time to think about it. He's put in some worldies. And then, then he has a one-on-one against Pickford on Saturday, takes a poor touch and hits it straight at him. And then we give away a sloppy free kick after a Rebo's goal. Um, I think Bazunu should do better, for, especially for the first goal. I think he should probably come, the ball comes a long, long way. I think he should probably come and meet it. He's very, very static. There are a few Not question too... marks. Sorry to jump in, Sam. A few question marks, I think, brewing a little bit about Bazunu. Based just on, you know, I think we we accept that he's the best goalkeeper at the club without a doubt, right? But last three fixtures, potentially some question marks, rightfully, have been raised. Yeah, I wouldn't blame him too much for the second goal. I know it was near post, but it was properly levered, wasn't it, by, by McNeil? Um. And then after that, other than uh, uh, Pickford making a good save from Adam Armstrong, I don't really remember us creating much. I think Chilette aside, a shot that went just wide right at the end. But yeah, I, I thought Everton were the better team. I thought they deserved it. So I've just watched the goals. The first goal, I've got questions on Kyle Walker-Peters. And honestly, I've got questions on Ralph. Why the fuck is Kyle Walker-Peters marking Connor Cody? Like he's my like the height difference is a joke. Like where where in like the, the build up and the match prep to the game they've gone, that makes sense from a set piece. Because <laughs> why but the size difference is a joke. So then he's marking him and then he just lets him go. And then he scores. I mean it's a great finish from a center half, but he did, I'm, I'm hold on, I'm putting it up right now. I'm just gonna talk you for it, right? But ball's in, Cody's already lost him, got a gold side of him, head down, great finish. But shocking, like, he loses him. First of all, should never mark him based on size. And then, yeah, and I watched the second goal and I think the back four is a shambles. Like, the way that they're moving men across. Like, I think that, obviously, it's what, again, it's Walker-Peter's mark, if you will, that's scoring, but his shape's okay. But there's two, there's four four defenders marking two forwards and get beaten by it. It's just yep. shambles. Just with set pieces, Coxie, you, you kind of jog my memory on something. We are defending them different to how we used to. We obviously used to, well, like last season and, and before under Ralph, we kept like a really high line. And off, we, like it was quite risky, but we used to catch people offside loads. But that ball comes a long way for, I think it's Onana that heads it down for Cody for that first goal. Like it does yeah, seem like there's a big distinct difference between how we've been defending set pieces. I think we've now conceded the joint most from set piece. Um, situations in the league and given the problems that other teams have had with defending them that's some feat. Fuck me 
guys, it's a fucking shambles. I'm watching it right now, right? So, oh, now, now, what's your name? He's at the back post. So it looks like, first of all, Bella Kochup is marking a Wobie and not goal side. Like, I guess like they're trying to play the line, letting him be offside. But he's just pushing him, pushes him, eventually gets goal side. But Onana, is with, who's 18, Mara, him and Ward-Prowse are dealing with... And there's just no like responsibility or accountability in who's going to pick up. And they're getting paid millions. I expect that where I'm at, but fuck me. <laughs> that's criminal. Yeah. It was so open as well after you went after um Cody equalizes, you sort of think, okay, right, regroup. But then we get a chance where Adams, Adams, Wall Prowse, and one other had a, had a shot blocked. And we were so open. The game was so stretched. And we would and that's basically where they scored from. It was just such poor game management, which it just reflects. I mean, it just seems like such a pattern for this team. Agreed. Um Anything else to talk about on the Everton game? Um, Hank Lampard loves coming to St Mary's. Yeah, he does. Did he beat us uh, with Derby? Beat us with Derby with penalties in the cup. Yeah. Beat us with Chelsea quite convincingly. S- scored quite a lot of goals. Scored, he, I think he scored ever City. I think he might be right, actually. I yeah. think he's a shit manager as well. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he outdid Ralph. I mean, yeah. When I saw that, when I saw the teams on Saturday, I did think we're gonna we're gonna lose that midfield battle. Onana and Drissa Gay, obviously. I thought Drissa Gay was quite poor on the ball on Saturday, but he just does the stuff that, like one Yama used to do for us. He was never, he was never that great on the ball one Yama for us. But. It's like I don't know how much of credit credit Lampard with that defensive record, but obviously putting Cody and Tarkovsky are two centre-backs. Like, Patterson was pretty good until the injury. Like, now Adrissa Gay and, yeah, Anana looks pretty good. I don't think they've got a great deal going forward, but, like, they they look fine. And a team that probably we thought would be struggling, I think they'll stay up relatively comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, again, as it was against Villa, the right-back, Ashley Young was right-back against for, for Villa against us, wasn't he? Was he yeah. left back? He's either side. Um, and then Seamus Coleman comes in on that stage for his first game of the season because Nathan Patterson's injured. He was, I mean, he looked slow as hell. I mean, I've never, he looked like he was, he was running in treacle that whole game. We just didn't attack him. And when we did again, and when we eventually did, he struggled. We just, we just don't. How many minutes did a dozy get? Sam, sorry, I didn't, I don't remember. Um, I think got the I last, 15, now. 15, 20, 20, okay. I guess. Okay. I've got um, in start, mate. Who do you want to know? Idozi. He came on, but I don't know how long for. 30, but 30 minutes. Okay. Interesting. And Larios, Sam, how, yeah, I guess you were there live. Uh, what did he look like? I thought I thought he struggled. Okay. Defensively, he was getting mixed, but um, Everton were very much exploiting him. Looks okay going forward, did well for the goal, but I thought, this looks, looks so small on the pitch. Um, I mean, obviously, Good, good players, small players can be good, but he just got exposed <laughs> a lot. I I saw a compilation of him actually, Sam, just from his time at in playing at the City youth level. Going forward, he looked very good. I, none of the clips showed anything defensively, which sometimes is slightly concerning when you've got a defender. <laughs> but going forward, like he does look very good, both passing and dribbling. But that's not going to shore us up at the back, is it? No, I don't. I don't understand why Pro Pro was playing at all I didn't get that
let's go into the City game. We've touched on it. We're not expecting anything. Uh, I guess, Sam, you, you sort of touched on the Erling Haaland situation. How many goals might you get on Saturday? Oh, I mean, what's he's got? 14 and eight games, eight, eight Premier League games. It's just ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? It is staggering. I mean, I, I remember at the start of the season, it was like, oh, who's going to be better, Darwin Nunes or Haaland? Haaland is just, it's just ridiculous. It's going to, I mean, even if even if we were playing really well and on, 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 like, on top form like we were in January, February, I would still think we'd get humped on Saturday. They're just so... They could they could rest all sorts. But I mean, they could rest De Bruyne on Saturday, and, we, and we'd still be in massive trouble. He's, I mean, you can't sit deep because they'll put the ball in the air and cross it, and he'll win the ball in the air. You can't play a high line because he'll get in behind. It is just, he's just a complete striker, isn't he? Can't wait for Carl Peters to mark him on set pieces. <laughs> can't we, be any worse we, than Lisandro Martinez trying to mark him on set pieces yeah you, we, are you both football manager players yeah used to be Paul not anymore so like I took a couple year hiatus but I've been back the last couple of seasons and Harland a joke on any sound but I actually said this the other day like when you, when you play football manager he's a beast you're like oh, that never happened in real life he's actually better in real life than he is football manager that's the level he's got to, which is, I think, very hard. Yeah, I just like, it's the athleticism combined with basically everything else. And also his brain as well. It's hat-trick goal on Sunday, where he just like stops his run immediately as soon as the ball's being cut back to him. It's just like, ev- like everything he does is, is perfect right now. I think he, I think I saw these nine goals away from the golden boot total from last season. Yeah. I think he could, he could, I think he'll do that before the World Cup. It's obscene, isn't it? I mean, and also, was it the fourth goal on Saturday? Is it Foden's second? The build up play yeah. for that, and then it's past yeah. the Foden. Yeah. yeah. The goal. It's just, I am concerned about, about Saturday, chaps. Deeply, deeply concerned. The thing is, and I looked at this, Ralph's record against City is all right. Like, maybe that's why they're just, click, you know, keeping him on for this game. <laughs> battle out a nil-nil <laughs> and then take him out the back shoot him in the head that'll be just what, what I think maybe could happen obviously we're not going to get anything but so we drew both games with them last season I think only one of four teams not to get beaten by them in the league we did lose our last match in, in the FA Cup but then Project Restart which how much can you look at that because it's sort of anemic like <laughs> yeah fanless football but we obviously beat them our next game against them, we only lost 1-0. And I think it was probably one of our best performances of that season where we only lost 1-0. It does have an all right record against them, weirdly. If if the rumours are true that he's lost the dress room and stuff like that, and City played to the level that they played on Sunday, I wouldn't rule out a third 9-0. And if we lose 9-0 again... Be quite poetic. Be quite poetic for him to go out of another nine 0 Oh, he should never manage again, ever. He shouldn't be doing it now after two, two. If it happens three times, it would be funny. I'm not like, like 
obviously you don't want to see a team lose nine nil, but yeah, like you said, all right, justice, you just go, well, <laughs> it's just got to the point where I think I think five or more he's gone, and I I think we will it'll be four nil at half time. As bad yeah. as that, yeah. it depends who he plays. If they, uh, when do they play Champions League? They play tonight or they play tomorrow? They're playing tomorrow. tomorrow. They got back to back games against FC Copenhagen, so it's just I mean, oh, so he'll play the Resis tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're cruising. Really in the Champions. They've already won their first two group games. Like yeah. they, they, I mean, even if say Harlem was to be rested, I don't think he is going to be in the four years. But like you, you just really fear for us at the minute. But bar the opening game of the season, we haven't been smashed. smashed. <laughs> Some solace in what's happened in the last three weeks. I mean, they've been narrow defeats to shit teams. This is us coming up against pretty much the best team in in world football right now. So. Oh, lads, it's not going to be easy. Uh, predictions for the scoreline? 6-0. 6 one. I think we get one. I think we get one. Get a penalty. We'll probably get a penalty. I'm going 5-0. I don't think we score. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful that it will be yeah, 5 or under. I'm working. I'm working Saturday, and the, the, I mean, it's not a place you can escape watching the football. It, the game will be on, and I've got to work, and there'll be pre, uh, post-match. It'll be. Can you get us some Stephen Harland stats, please? I just he's just he's just really good. <laughs> I, I'll just yes. write that. He's just really good. Yeah. Don't need any more stats than that. It's um, a good job. It's a good job. He's fuck ugly in it because he's really good at football. That's the balance. That's where he used to be ugly, I swear. I look at his face now. He's like, he's got, I think he's got more attractive. I will say that. He's a weird looking fella. But I remember when he first came on the scene, he looks more weird than he does now. If someone told me his mum and dad was Brock Lesnar and Vanessa Feltz, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. <laughs> Did you see all this stuff about Roy Keane should have gone for Alfinger Harlan's testicles instead of his legs? because <laughs> he's come back to destroy United he hates United apparently Erling Haaland naturally given what happened to his dad and his dad played he for said City, didn't but... he when he, when he joined he said he's, he's most looking forward to playing United and yeah. I mean Sunday showed why <laughs> yeah yeah he said he struggled to say the words Manchester United um, Paul pleasure having you on before we go and given you're not on that frequently with the World Cup looming what are your thoughts on England's hopes? I'm going to sound like such a negative person when it comes to managers, but I'm Southgate out as well. Like, <laughs> um, I just, uh, the best way I can sum up Southgate, and I think he, yeah, he's done a good job of this, I guess, but like, I always feel like he plays to not lose and he doesn't play to win. And with the team we've got, we don't do that. But when you look at our group of America, by the way, that's brutal for me living in the US. Like, it's it's not win-win. Like if we win, great. If we lose, it's going to be miserable being here. Um, Wales, poor. They've been poor lately. USA have been poor. They just drew, I think they just drew to Saudi Arabia. They've been really struggling. And then we're playing Iran again. We should we should go out. Like we should. Nine points comfortably. Um, but I think based on how we've played recently, I think we're quarterfinal would be my... When you go off the previous last two tournaments, you'd go, yeah, I think we've got a good chance of winning it based on current form. I think we're looking at um, 
quarterfinals, and I, and I don't think James Will Prowse is going to go, unfortunately. What about you guys? I mean, watching Leicester, watching Leicester last night, and then we, we, me and Luke had the chat, the lot I think last week about Will Prowse and his chances of going. I mean, you, if I, it's, it's a no-brainer for me. If there's, if there's a choice. I mean, if it comes down to a choice between Madison and Will Prowse, it's Madison, isn't it? It's Madison every day of the week. He's yep. just. Will Prowse hasn't started the season well. Madison's a much more talented player, can take free kicks. Maybe not as good, but pretty close to as good. He's as bloody Prowse. good at them. He is. And I'm a massive fan of James Madison. I don't understand why Southgate doesn't pick him. His numbers are his numbers in the last few months are, are ridiculous. So I know this isn't the Leicester podcast, but <laughs> if it comes down to that, I would pick him. Um, in terms of Southgate, I do think his time is has probably come to a natural end at the end of this tournament. Um, he's done a good job. I mean, I think people do forget how bad we were. I mean, Euro 2016 and well, 2014 World Cup were just atrocious. I mean, I can't yeah. think of any worse tournaments. I mean, 2010 was pretty bad. That was because of the Germany game of Vivi Zaylers. But in terms of those two Hodge, those two Hodgson tournaments, they were awful. Obviously, we had the Allardyce one game. And then Southgate's done far, far better than he probably should have done. But I just think it's come to a natural end in there. Yeah, I think the thing he's gone, like, I think he's gone back on his word. He came in and said that he would pick players based on form and not who they play for. And, and based on that, Maguire should have been nowhere near that last team. Um, Luke Shaw, I know he scored, but he shouldn't have been near that team based on what was happened. Mason Mount, fucking hate him, by the way. Not that he plays sports, but I just think he is dog shit. He's t- he is, he is going to be, again, you, I hope this comes true. He's he is the this decade's Tom Cleverley. Like he's at a big club and he is gonna absolutely just fizzle out for being a boring shit bastard. I hate him. Um I hate his little piano celebration, dickhead. Sorry. Um got a bit passionate. <laughs> Fucking hate Mason now. Um like players like that shouldn't be getting picked. And the fact that Madison's overlooked is a joke. It's a, and you wonder like should Sancho have been in that last squad? Should Rashford have been in that last squad based on form? I don't know, but he's just, I think he's just gone back on his word, back to his favourites. Um, ben White, why wasn't Ben White in that last squad? Was he injured? No, I mean, I think it's more to do with the fact that Ben White has been playing right back, hasn't he, for Arsenal this season? I mean, that more reason for Southgate to pick him. He fucking yeah, I mean, yeah. Right yeah, yeah, he'd have a squad full of them. My only, sympathy for him, my only sympathy for him over Maguire is the rest of our centre-back options. I don't, I don't get the Tamori thing. I think he should be given a go. Other than that, I think our centre-back options are limited, to say the least. Yeah. It's not like, like, say, 2004, when our fifth and sixth choice centre-backs were Ledley King and Jonathan Woodgate, which, yeah. I mean, they're both walking to our team now. That's my only sympathy for Maguire. But I think, looking at his performance last week, before that, I thought, oh, he's never let England down. That game, he was awful. Made mistakes. Mm. I just think mm. it's, it's time to move on from him. I haven't really got a great deal to add, chaps. I think on the like playing not to like to not lose. His record in tournaments is is good enough to say we probably will stick with that and maybe fair enough. But yeah, I do think it's time for a change. Also on the James Madison thing, he's exactly the sort of player that we need to unlock. You know, I think the sort of teams that we're probably going to face in that in that group phase. And if we are playing relatively defensively, like he's got so much about him that he can just provide that one moment of magic that, that wins us a game if Southgate is playing defensively. I think he'll go even if we have a really good tournament and fair play, probably one of the 
best England managers ever, to be honest with you, if, if, he, if we do get maybe semis or a final, given what's come before him. Um, and likeable guy, fair enough, we'll, we'll kind of move on from it. But I think it, it has probably run its course, similar to, I guess, the conversation we're having with Ralph, even though Southgate's record, let's face it, is 10 times the record that Ralph's got the Saints. Hasn't lost 9-0 twice. Has lost the Hungary at home 4-0, which I think is about the same. Yeah. Wasn't that our like worst ever defeat at home? Those games at the end of the season were a joke, though. I mean, yeah, so it was bizarre, they're obviously it? terrible performances, but like, that schedule was a joke. It just never, yeah. never, never should have happened. Fellas, let's wrap on that. Uh, we've given our predictions for a few things, including the result of the weekend, what maybe will happen at the World Cup. I think we'll do quarters or semis. And just quickly, loads of other major nations seem to be in a bit of a mess right now um, from what I saw from the latest batch of, of games. So there's hope, I think. Um, predictions on if Ralph will still be in charge and I'll give a fixture for you. It's the game. Have we got... So, Sam, you said we have West Ham, Bournemouth and Arsenal. I'll go further out to maybe give us more of a window to get rid of him or keep him and he could maybe start turning things around. The Arsenal game, which is, what is that, like uh, two weeks on Saturday? Will Ralph still be in charge? I think he will. Um, I hope not, but I think he will. I'm going to go half, <laughs> glass half full. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think he should be, and I don't think he will be. I think something needs to change. Obviously, all the big dogs were in on Saturday as well, weren't they? Um, which potentially means that they are having discussions specifically about Saints. Anyway, that's a slightly damp squib to end on, but no, I don't <laughs> think he'll be in charge, and I don't think he should be. Um, been a delight talking through all this. Makes it easier to talk through the shit sometimes doesn't it therapy oh, therapy baby Paul what does your day <laughs> look like are you out on the training pitch I've done two hours out there this morning I'm back out there at 3.30 for a session and we're off to Springfield Missouri tomorrow about five and a half hours away Fuck. so we'll spend the, we'll train there tomorrow night spend the night play Thursday night at six and then back We'll be back for about 2 a.m. Friday morning. Then we'll play again Sunday. Well, good luck, mate. Do you think you'll win? Uh, play top of the table tomorrow. We beat them 6-1 last year, so I, I hope so. Okay. Um, so we've got Missouri State and Illinois State in the next two. So um, four points this week. I'll be happy. Lovely stuff. Sam, any final words for the listener? I think those four points will be the only points we see. <laughs> yeah and I'd agree with that chaps absolute delight I will wrap up there listener thank you for staying the course and we'll speak to you next week